when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty key ring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. <laughs> The good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I've bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now, and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the comedian and writer Mitch Benn. Mitch, thanks for coming. Hello, it's lovely to be here. Good, good, excellent. Um, So what have you brought today to talk about? Okay, a bit of a scarred for life moment. 1982, Doctor Who, Earthshock, specifically the death of Adric. Okay, so yeah. how old is little Mitch uh, when this horrible thing happens Not to especially me? little, but 12. No, um, that's little yeah. enough. That is little enough. <laughs> I was already quite huge, but I was 12. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got to go long further back before I was little. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is um, the second to last story of Peter Davison's first season. Okay. Um, and it, 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 it instantly, tonally, from the beginning of this story, you kind of feel that not all is going to be well by the end of it. Why? Um, Why? Is it the music? Yeah, partly the music. Because, I mean, I know you're a massive fan of Box of Delights, hence the name. And, and most of the incidental music at that time was actually done by Roger Lim, who, who's, you know... Ray Radiophonic yeah, hero, Roger Radiophonic, and some by Paddy Kings and some by Peter Howell, yeah. who did the rearrangement of the theme tune for the last Tom Baker season onwards. Um, but on this occasion, they got back a guy who hadn't done the music since the Sea Devils in 1973, a guy called Malcolm Clark. What made them do that? Uh, possibly because they were, just, they were just going for bleak. Malcolm Clark uh. does this really kind of industrial stark kind of music concrete like really atonal grindy synthesizer that sounds cheery yeah and it was i mean it begins with the you know a bunch of soldiers being pursued around a a cave system by these faceless androids (laughs) who have some kind of hideous weapon system that basically seems to melt these soldiers they just kind of disappear (laughs) and then you see like their smoldering uniforms lying in this sort of puddle of i bet the effects are amazing they they were actually not (laughs) bad for the time this is it i mean it's 
<laughs> this is because... the episode where I think I saw the clip I watched, the one you kind yeah. of sent of Adric being uh, being no more. Yeah. They, they literally almost defeat a Cyberman by kind of shoving him over. <laughs> oh, I'll say, yeah. But anyway, but, ah, lovely. But, but, but the involvement of the Cybermen, this is the thing, the involvement of the Cybermen was actually kept completely off the books. Um. Now, I imagine it was easier to keep this stuff quiet in 1982 than it is now, but certainly watching it, there's a crash reveal at the end of the first episode where you see the Cybermen watching everything ah. remotely. And they still, they still use that trick now where it's like, da-da-da, it's either it's, Daleks yeah. or da-da-da, well, it's they, Cybermen. They, they They're literally still doing did it a fortnight ago with Sasha Darwin turning out exactly. to be the master. So, exactly, you know, And they managed to keep that quiet as well, which is, any, if anything, far more impressive than, than the Cybermen being in it in, in it that too. So, so tell me, before yeah. you carry on, you're 12 years old. <laughs> where I, I, I sense I'm not yeah. going to be able to stop you otherwise. <laughs> I've got like a card I'm going to hold up that says, oh, stop, yeah. Yeah, Mitch Ben, so. stop. Where were you living and sort of how friendless were you as a Doctor Who fan of this magnitude? No, I mean, I was... <laughs> I, I had I was in the process of finding my crowd. Um, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I was twelve. I was still living in Liverpool where I grew up. Okay. Still living in the same house I'd always lived in since I was born, basically mm. in 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 the sort of the the Beatley bit of Liverpool, nice. sort of Penny Lane round there. And I'm trying to think, would I have been watching this on my own? I probably watched the first episode on my own and thus had nobody to scream at when the right. Cybermen turned up. Okay. There was a little gang of Doctor Who. Because here's the thing, people forget how mainstream Doctor Who was in its classic era. And it also had a bit of a shot in the arm because you got Peter Davison was the first new Doctor for seven years. Yeah. Tom Baker was my Doctor. I grew up with him. I was going to say, is he your favourite yeah, still? absolutely, yeah. So what still. did you make of Davison when this blonde, skinny thing turned up? I you like, it was, what? It, it was such, I thought, yeah, it was a really audacious bit of casting because it had to be somebody very very different yeah and Peter Davison did the three seasons and to be honest I think the writers were only really getting the hang of how to write for him by the time he left oh that's um, yeah. yeah it was a great piece of casting he had the the old head on young shoulders thing yeah which the more youthful doctors in the new phase of, of, yeah. of managed to achieve particularly Matt Smith Matt Smith was sort of weirdly ageless you know yeah. Tennant was incredibly youthful he was uh, wasn't and, he and, and, and occasionally had to verbally remind you that he was thousands of years old yeah whereas Matt Smith has this he, Matt Smith, despite the fact he was quite a lot younger than Tennant, I think about 10 years younger than Tennant, yeah. somehow played him older. He did, um, yeah. And, Wiser, he'd seen more yeah, somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think possibly consciously so. But so Peter Davison was the first youthful doctor. I, mean, yeah, I think Baker, he was mine. I'm never entirely convinced that the show 100% recovered from Tom I think Baker leaving. most would agree with you. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure it ever 100% recovered. They had good years and bad years. But anyway, towards the end of the first Peter Davison series, you've got this weird bleak tone. You've got this sort of strange clanging music concrete... Um, Incidental music, and then, like Tom Waits knocking things over in a bar. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's like it's it's, it's it's that you know um, somebody described uh, Eric Serra's film music as like a somebody dropping a dustbin down stone steps. Exactly, it's, it's, it's that kind yeah. of it's that kind of sound. But in 1982, so it's quite radical. You know, the first two episodes take place in this cave system, and the third and fourth uh, episodes take place on board this massive space freighter, which the Cybermen are hijacking because That's there it. is there is a conference on Earth. This is about 300 years in the future. There is a conference on Earth, which is going to be the beginning of the cyber war, which Doctor in Doctor Who lore is a war that the, the aligned powers then wield against the Cybermen and ultimately more or less wipe them all out. Yeah, so yeah. this is the beginning of this and the Cybermen are trying to kibosh this basically by crashing this enormous antimatter powered spaceship onto the Earth and, right. and destroying the conference. Now the weird thing is of course in a really really obvious bit of foreshadowing while down in the cave system and I think episode one they come across some dinosaur fossils. 
fossils. Ah. And the doctor makes passing reference to the fact that the dinosaurs were wiped out by something massive slamming into the Earth 65 million years ago. Oh, I wonder what that could well, be. Well, exactly. So over the course of the Simon trying to crash the spaceship into the Earth, they put this sort of computer on it, locking the navigation systems, which Adric, the doctor's, at that point, longest-serving sidekick. He's a very youthful companion, yeah, Adric, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was... Almost a deliberately slightly annoying character. He was a sort of boy wonder maths genius. Yeah. And a bit kind of whiny. And so you have a kind of surrogate mum character played by Janet Fielding, who's this um, angry Australian air hostess, <laughs> who's, who's, who's one, of, one of everybody's favourite characters. She ever. sounds great. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. And she actually, um, Janet Fielding subsequently became an agent and I think was, was she David Tennant's agent? She was the agent oh, of, of one of the, it might only have been Chris Eccleston, but I know she's been the agent of one of the current. Of the I doctors. love the circularity of the yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, did you like Adric? Was he like a character you were fond right. of? I was all right with him because. Did you like a... him when he was dead? <laughs> well, no, the thing is, he, he was a child prodigy, and at the time, so was I. You know, I mean, I was off the charts, freakishly advanced when I was very little. Oh, you're like my yeah. husband. He was like yeah. words like genius were bandied around. Yeah. He's been unbearable ever since. And I, to I be just seem to get more mediocre as I get older. <laughs> you know? I, I tend to be subnormal by the time I finally. It should up. be a relief, you know. The burden <laughs> of genius has been taken from you. Yeah, either that or live in the constant shadow of the awareness of my underachievement. Anyway, the point is that, yeah, I could kind of relate to Adric on levels that maybe I wasn't supposed to be related okay. to. Okay, but, but that's why it stayed yeah. with you, perhaps. This, is, ends, this is something yeah. you went straight to. Anyway, the Cybermen bail out of this spaceship in the TARDIS with the Doctor, basically take the Doctor in, in, uh, in hostage. And Adric, somehow, yeah, he manages to get left behind on board this spaceship. And he's trying to crack the code. Being the master genius, he's trying to crack the code yeah. that releases the computer that will enable him to steer this spaceship away from the Earth. Yeah. And he manages to crack it just enough that the engine's going a warp drive and that the spaceship starts falling backwards through time and levels out at 65 million years ago. I'm glad you pointed that out because I watched it and thought, so what's he done? What's happened? Yeah, whereupon they realise that they now can't save him. Yeah. They can't save him because if this spaceship now doesn't crash, then the dinosaurs don't die out and the whole of Earth history gets rewritten. So, yeah, you so have it's, this, it's one man yeah. against the whole of humanity. The only thing yeah. they can maybe do is try and get back on board the spaceship and get him off it before it it. And you're wondering, it's a bit like the end of Avengers Infinity War. Oh, you're wondering, yeah. how are the good guys going to win? How are they going to do it? How are they going to save him? And they don't. So you were watching TV, you were 12 years old. Did anyone die on TV that you invested it's in before It's the first this? Doctor Who companion who's been killed on the job since 1966. Okay. And they were only very minor sort of one or two story companions. Oh, right. So I was aware of the fact as a fandom that a long time ago they killed off a couple of companions. How did it, you feel when Adric died? Were you shocked? Did yeah, you not think they'd go through absolutely. with it? Absolutely. Because the other thing is they really lay it on because Adric wears this little gold badge, which is his sign of mathematical excellence. And at one point, the Doctor steals it from him and kills a Cyberman with it. That's because, right. He shoves it in his chest yeah, plate. he shoves it in his and, chest plate yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. the one thing he can kill Cybermen with is, is, is gold. So by the end of the story, Adric's little gold badge has been smashed. Yeah. Right? And the, the effects, again, are a bit weird because the freighter doesn't crash into the Earth. It just explodes no. for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. did a DVD sort of rehash with enhanced effects where the freighter, the freighter actually does smash into the earth. Oh, I see. Um, and, okay. and then the episode, it, it just stops. It, it's a bit like the end of Infinity War. Yeah. Everybody dies and the movie stops. And that's it. And when I went to see Infinity War... It's in, narratively in, not that satisfying. It's astonishing, though, but yeah, but it's incredibly 
ballsy because yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I went to see Infinity War and the Richmond Odeon with my kids in a cinema full of parents with kids and there was literally nearly a riot. At oh the really? End of it. Yeah, my, my son was kind of they furious. Were screaming. <laughs> they were screaming and, and I actually stood up and said, there's another one comes out next year. There's another one. It's not, it's not, it's, it's, what it's a lovely not a, image. Literally, I'm standing up trying to quell this sort of prison riot in the yeah, Richmond yeah, Odeon. Yeah. Oh my but, God. No, but it was the same kind of thing because it just ends with complete silence after the spaceship explodes and then the end credits there's no music there's no end and it rolls Whoa. over his still image of Adric's smashed gold bag <gasps> I know beautiful it really is and and it's just so they, they really go for it yeah and it's just this feeling of kind of loss of innocence that nothing is ever going to be the same again you know it's kind of my, I was going to say it's my generation's red wedding but it's not my generation's <laughs> red wedding it's my generation's execution of Ned Stark yeah okay if we're, if we're Game of Thrones yeah, here, I see that's the mean. moment at which you realise that all bets are off with this show. Yeah. That, oh, wait, you thought that was the good guy? Or you thought they were going to pull back yeah. at the last minute. You, you thought that was no. the hero? No, he, he wasn't the hero. Yeah. He was just Sean Bean. He was just a dude. In fact, there's and a Vogue. Then exactly. <laughs> but there's a, there's a Vogue in TV now. I mean, obviously, yeah. Game of Thrones kind of not pioneered. Yeah. They made an art of just randomly killing people you thought they'd never, ever kill. Mm. But there's a kind of a Vogue in TV now to, you know, the, the good guy mm. is so often, I think in Doctor Who quite often, there's no hope. She's dead. She's yeah. not coming back. And then it's like, oh, no, she's fine. She's back. Yeah, exactly. They do yeah. it all the time now, almost the point where I get quite annoyed with that. Yeah, actually. because it means. So I quite no, like it when they just go ahead and have no the guts to kill someone. It means there's no consequence. Exactly. Uh, you know, if, if, if you can bring anybody back, you know, there's no consequence. Exactly. No, and so it was a real jaw drop. The weird thing is, the sort of count, in counterpoint to all this, is also the beginning of what was going to be one of 80s Doctor Who's worst tendencies, which is the light entertainment stunt casting. Ah. Because the grizzled captain of the space freighter is played by Beryl Reed. Amazing. I know. That's not stunt casting, that's brilliant casting. Well, the thing is, she's actually really good in the part, but you just can't really get around the fact that no, it's Beryl Reed. It is Beryl It's Reed. just really distracting. Yeah. And that was a sort of a bad habit which 80s Doctor Who was to go on, to succumb to occasionally. I had that problem when they had Kylie on that Titanic episode. I, I quite like that. She though. was lovely and but she is she, an actress. And, but she's, and she's a massive she's also Doctor Who Kylie, is she? She's a massive Who nerd. That's and cool. That will have been her idea. Oh, I'm you know sure. I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she had like, you know, dance troops dressed in Cyberman costumes on one oh, of the tours. That's you know, totally so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's a big Who nerd. So that, that actually will have been her thing. But yeah, so the, the, the death of Adric at the age of 12, it really stayed with you because it's, it's this idea that maybe not everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And so the whole story... That's quite a big idea to yeah. take on board, I think. And the whole story it had this weird sense of foreboding. It's just like it didn't feel as safe as Doctor Who usually felt in those No, days. that's it. It was a safe yeah. pair of hands. The and Doctor is the ultimate safe pair of hands. He'll always get you out of trouble. And also, maybe it's, it's it's also trying to introduce, much as they kind of did when James Bond became Daniel Craig, that this is a guy who, who loses occasionally and to whom bad things happen. He's fallible, yeah. Yeah, which you never got with any of the other James Bonds. That, yeah. You know, this is a guy who never loses and nothing bad ever happens with him. And at the end of every movie, you press the reset button. Yeah, you know, yeah. Whereas, you know, when, you know, when Daniel Craig's girlfriend dies in one movie, he still misses her in the next one. Yes, you know he doesn't I mean? just move on to the next movie. Exactly, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and so similarly, going from the fairly indestructible Tom Baker to the altogether less indestructible Peter Davis is anything, actually maybe in this iteration of the show, things are not always going to be okay. Yeah, and, which and, is and, kind yeah. of, uh, it's, it's unsettling, but opens up a whole new world of oh, yeah, possibility, yeah. It doesn't really it? Did, as well. really are you, as a grown-up now, are you over it? Or are you still really sad about him um, being dead? I, well, <laughs> here's the thing, when you witness something when you're a kid, whether it's honest-to-goodness trauma, I'm not going to pretend this is trauma, it's just a TV oh, show. Oh, no, no, 
TV can take up a big part of your head when you're, yeah. One of the things that, you know, if if you've sort of studied psychology of all this, is that what stays with you is not the event, it's your reaction to the event. Oh, the feeling, And your reaction to the event will always be what it was in that moment. Yeah. You know, you can post-rationalise it as much as you like, but if something hits you really hard when you're 12, what stays with you is how hard it hit you when you were 12. Yeah. Not you as a, you know, a pushing 50 thinking, oh, don't be ridiculous. No, 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 no. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when I think back to how jaw-dropping a moment that was, it's, it's, you you know, it's for all that you can contextualise it in the meantime, it was certainly, you know, the topic of much gobstruck conversation at school for the the next few days. Mitch, go back and give that 12-year-old a hug. Oh, I will. All right. Before you leave, though, (laughs) and before you do that, could you please take a question from the Box of Delight? Oh, my God, it's an actual box. (laughs) What is the best TV quiz of all time? Mm. Easy, the celebrity mastermind that I won. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, come on, before you tell it, what was your specialist subject? It was Peter Cook. Oh, wow. Everybody was expecting it was going to... People thought it was going to be Doctor Who. Obviously. The thing is, you can't tell people what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, because what will happen is, the minute you tell people on Twitter, oh, my specialised subject is going to be Peter Cook, they will bombard you with questions, which the compilers then can't use. Amazing. Because they know whether or not you know the so answer. So it has to be they, got It has to be questions that they don't know whether you know the answer to. So but, who did you beat in your episode? Uh, all right, I'm trying to think. Uh, Come on, your, their names are engraved on yeah. your memory. Uh, and I crushed him, yeah. and I crushed her. Rita Chakrabarty was there, she came close. Wow. One of, oh, the salmon, what's it, the guys who presented Junior Bake Off. Oh, 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 Sam and Mark. Yeah, I think it was I Sam. don't even know their last names. It was Sam. Okay. And, it, and, it, and he did WWE wrestling and actually won the first round because he ah. knew literally everything about it. Oh. And, oh, but your and, general knowledge clearly yeah, shat all over that. Great so. <laughs> um, and also, whichever Brownlee brother it was who collapsed and was helped over the line. Oh, yeah, brother. okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. famous yeah, for yeah, collapsing, so it brilliant. It was them. Excellent work. <laughs> Mitch, thank you for coming and goodbye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. McDonald's. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.